Thank you for listening to Schick Talk, the new podcast produced by the Swine Health Information Center. I'm Barb Detterman, your host for today's episode. We are with Dr. Paul Sundberg, the Executive Director of Schick, the Swine Health Information Center. And Dr. Sundberg, good morning. Good morning, Barb. In this episode, we talked to Dr. Tara Donovan and Dr. Daryl Holtkamp about the Rapid Response Program that Schick has to offer and how it can be used. So Dr. Sundberg, would you please explain to our listeners how the Rapid Response Program came about and how veterinarians are using it now? Sure, we'll give a little bit of background about the Rapid Response Program. When PED broke in the US in 2013, there were a lot of questions about the source of that virus onto farms. It seemed like even high biosecurity farms became infected with PED when lower biosecurity farms seemed to be bypassed. And so there were a lot of questions about the pathways of entry onto farms. And we tried to form small groups that would be available to go out onto the farm to look at pathways of entry for PED on the invitation of the pork producers and the veterinarian and try to help with those biosecurity questions. One of the things we found out is that we were fairly successful in the response part of doing that rapid response. What we weren't successful in was the rapid part. It would take sometimes a week or more to organize things, to get the experts on an airplane to fly across the country, and to get things going actually on the farm. And the longer you take to get away when you're away from an outbreak, the more fuzzy the information gets. So the rapid response program was formed to address that. We divide the country up into six different regions with the objective of having experts within each of those regions being able to drive to the farms within 72 hours after we have the process going and the invitation from the producer and the veterinarian. So we think we've got a spot here where we're actually doing a rapid response program that can be very effective in outbreak investigation. Very good. Could you tell me just a few minutes on why a practicing veterinarian would use this program? Yeah, one of the things that is an advantage of the rapid response program in that process is that it uses a standardized tool as a survey instrument on the farm to look for those pathways of introduction. And when you do it in a standardized way, in a comprehensive way, you have some confidence that you're not missing something. And so we developed that, we've tested it with the rapid response program and the rapid response core, the rapid response teams out on the farms. And, and one of the advantages of it is in being standardized, there's no reason we have to keep it within just the rapid response program. One of the advantages of being a standardized survey is that there's no reason we have to keep it within the rapid response program. There are things that happen out on the farm weekly or daily for practicing veterinarians and questions become what happened to our biosecurity system? Why did this happen the way it happened? And the, the materials that we use within the program are available for practitioners to use outside of the program. Use it within their own practices, within their own outbreak investigations on their farms to help better the whole industry, uh, improve biosecurity, 
and keep our pigs across the country healthy and productive. Very good. I understand that there will be an exercise coming up soon, testing the rapid response program and core. Dr. Sember, could you just enlighten us a little bit more on that project that's coming up? Sure. This fall, I'm really looking forward to rapid response core exercise in which the members of the rapid response core will be contacted and they will be asked about their ability to remember and to recite the process that we go through with each rapid response investigation. The state animal health official has to be notified. There has to be permissions from the veterinarian and the producer. Things have to be set up. The survey has to be uh, filled out in a progressive standardized manner. And then there has to be reports generated. All of those things are part of the training for the rapid response corps. Those veterinarians and experts that have said they want to be part of this to be available for outbreak investigations. One of the things that we need to do within that program is make sure that those people are readily available and understand that program so they can go out in a minute's notice and implement it in an effective way on the farm. That means continuing education. And one of the things we're doing this fall is to go through a continuing education process with all of those folks in the rapid response core to make sure that they are ready and available and understand how to implement that program on the farm should they be called. Very good. We'll be excited to talk to you after the completion of that exercise to see uh, what next steps we have to go forward on that and so that more people can understand about the program. Dr. Sundberg, is there anything else you'd like to add about this program? And before we get into our two experts, Dr. Donovan and Dr. Holtkamp? Yeah, I want to stress that this program is living. It changes as we can make it better. There's nothing written down that we can't do differently. And as people go through it, I want to get feedback from anybody, practitioners, anyone that's using the survey instrument to help them in their practice to do some investigations on the farm. If there are ways that we can improve this, either the survey or the whole process, please let me know. I want to hear about it because this is a living program and it's something that we expect will get better even as time goes on. Very good. Thank you for joining us on Chick Talk. Today we have two guests who have a great experience with the Schick Rapid Response Corps, Dr. Daryl Holtkamp from Iowa State, who was the developer of the, of the program, and Dr. Tara Donovan from Hanor Company, who has used the program. Today, we're gonna to visit with them just a little bit about the Rapid Response Corps, the process, the forms, and how it's actually been developed and how we actually use it in real life. Thank you both for joining us today. You're welcome, Barb. Glad to be here. Thanks, Barb. Also glad to be here. Thank you. And Dr. Donovan, I heard you say in a recent presentation that you liked the process and the form. Could you explain to us just a little bit about how you use that? Sure. So had some early experience with using the disease investigation process during an outbreak of PED in Oklahoma. And that was back in 2018. And after going through that and, and understanding, I think that was my first view of the form and the system. At that point, I uh, enrolled into the disease investigation course that's available online through Swine Health Information Center and Chick. And I really liked the systematic way of thinking through all of the risk areas 
And so after that, we had a PERS outbreak in one of our farms, and I asked Dr. Holtkamp if he would help us to be the third-party investigator during that outbreak. So this case wasn't a disease that, you know, was a foreign animal or an unknown disease. We knew it was PERS. We had it diagnosed. It was a sequence that was different, not related to the previous um, one or one in the area that we had had in our system. And so he came and helped us to do the disease investigation. And my veterinary team and I really liked how that went. It helped us to not jump to conclusions, I guess, at how that virus got in. And, and so after that, we decided as a team that we wanted to do that process whenever we had an outbreak that was not, I guess, sometimes you have an outbreak and it's a farm that's in, in a close geographic area and they have a connection you have a pretty good idea that that's where that disease came from and we spread it, you know, internally through transport or whatever. But in times where we have a new virus to the system and we don't, you know, know where it came from, we found it as a really valuable tool. And I thought it was a nice systematic way to go through without, again, kind of jumping to conclusions or saying, aha, you know, I know how this got in because, you know, whatever, you try not to do that when you go through this process. Thank you. So just a quick question on this, how this all pulled together is, first of all, how do you suggest that producers or their herd veterinarians or anybody that's working in production, how would either one of you suggest that they use this system and how can they find it and be a part of learning how to do this? So I think that, you know, you want to have somebody on your team. A lot of times it's the veterinarian who has gone through the training that understands the form and the process and how to ask the questions. I think that you have to decide as a team that you are going to spend the time to do that process. And it's it's not a short survey. I mean, it takes a bit of time to go through all of the questions and to follow up and to get, you know, there may be some additional testing that you want to do, whether it's environmental testing or it's testing on downstream pig flow to really zero in on this is when the outbreak occurred. And then what are all the inputs that occurred during that outbreak? So you have to get commitment from your from your team members, the farm managers or the farm owner in this case, or the or the production system, that it's worth the time and effort. And so I believe somebody on the team or somebody um, that's a resource to the farm has to go through the formal training because that's the person that then can sit down and go through the process as the question question taker or the form, you know, the the administrator of the process. And in addition to that, as I've done these in quite a few farms, you want to try to have an assistant to that disease investigator. And that's part of the training, too, if this was being used for a formalized investigation for, uh, you know, a new outbreak in a region or a new disease or a disease that, you know, maybe it is something we already know, but it's an outbreak in and in, that's more severe. And so that's how that system can be used. So anyway, we have like a, an assistant that is able to take notes because when you're asking the questions and listening, you got to, you want to be thinking about how to help get that information from the individual, whether it's the farm manager, or it's the transport driver, or it's the waste management personnel. And if you're busy writing what you're hearing, you're not thinking about the next question or how to get more information that's um, going to help you just learn as much as you can. So we try to always have two people, the person who's trained to do the investigation and then an assistant who may or may not also be trained. And the third key that we have put in place that I've identified as pretty important is it's not person that's doing the investigation isn't the 
either the production manager that's responsible for the farm or the veterinarian that's responsible for the farm because those two people are really the people that need to be part of the process of you're asking the questions to them. So if they're doing the question asking and kind of they tend to answer questions and kind of uh, what do I want to say if I'm the veterinarian for the farm, well, I already know that we're testing every 30 days, we're testing for PERS and PED, and so I kind of skip that part, but I'm not the veterinarian that's responsible for that farm. So if I'm asking the question, you have to ask it that you really don't know anything about the system, and you let them tell you how you do the testing. So sometimes it's hard for me because I have a close connection to all the veterinarians on my team, but we've we've made sure, and the production managers, we've made sure that it's a kind of unbiased party as much as possible because it it's again just to learn more it, it's to get all the facts get all the things we know all the things we don't know and then kind of narrow down to these are the biggest risk factors that we found yeah i agree uh what tara said there i'll, I'll uh, also mention that the forms that tara's uh, mentioned and i've mentioned before uh, are all available on chick's website swinehealth.org you go to the rapid response program and and there's a section there for resources and not only can you find the forms, an example of, of one that's already completed, but there's also some training modules out there. You can either listen to a video or there's uh, PowerPoints with a script you prefer to read. And so these are available for anybody that wants to use them. Uh, I would say that, you know, I'll, I'll acknowledge ahead of time, this is not how it usually happens, but I would say that, you know, timeliness is important. So when these outbreaks occur, uh, you don't want to wait two weeks and then and then decide to go out there and try to investigate it because People's memories fade very quickly, and uh, and you're going to learn a lot more if you get out there within a few a uh, couple of days. And so this is not something where I would recommend that after you have an outbreak and you say, "Gee, I wish we could could go investigate that." Let's let's start uh, learning how that works and start looking at the form. That's too late. You're gonna it's going to take you a week or a week and a half to do that. Kind of get yourself up to speed, and by the time you get out there, it's too late. So. If you, if you have an inclination to use this, uh, I would say go ahead and explore the forms, uh, you know, review or look through the training material, uh, get a handle on doing that so that you'll be ready when an outbreak happens to give it a try and, and see if it works for you. So, so that would be one recommendation, again, on how to use it and, and how to prepare to use it. I want to just confirm, too, um, what Tara said about having an assistant there. I've done quite a few of these uh, investigations as the facilitator is the term we use to describe it, where you're the ones asking the questions. And, and I've found it very difficult to do that and take notes. It's just hard to uh, at least for me to process all that information and then get good notes. And one thing we learned from the beta test and the, the PD outbreaks that uh, Dr. Donovan mentioned earlier there, 2018, that was part of a beta test that we did for the rapid response uh, program. And one of the things we learned from that was that a lot of detail doesn't get captured. In other words, the level of detail that we come to expect, that I come to expect to, to be collected with those wasn't quite quite there in, in forms. Not Not in every case, but in many cases. And so uh, I think part of that was uh, we had many of them doing those on their own, and so they didn't have somebody there to capture the notes. So I think that's, for me, that's been very important. We're fortunate enough we have students that we can recruit to do that, then they get to learn in the process. But And then the uh, the third, or the second thing that Tara said that I wanted to confirm, too, was uh, having an extra set of eyes or a third party uh, coming in there. And even if it's uh, somebody else in the system, if it's somebody that's not real familiar with that farm, uh, even that can work, but it's probably better even still if it's somebody from outside the system. It brings two things, one, a fr fresh set of eyes, and then number two, you know, if that person is good about uh, making sure that everybody understands the purpose of, of this is not to sort of find out who messed up and, and somebody to blame, then then that works very well. Whereas I think sometimes if the herd veterinarian is going out there and doing these, the, the people, especially the farm manager, can get very defensive. 
and, and feel like he's being um, investigated, you know, and so they, they're not going to be quite as forthcoming. So that's, uh, I think, good. I want to just wanted to follow up and with those, those comments, but, but I appreciate uh, Dr. Donovan's uh, view on that. That's a very practical way for us to look at this. That sounds very good. It's really critical that you have preparation and have already a thought in, in mind to do these investigations because you don't want to learn how to do them when you need to go do them. You have to have pre preparation for that because when you, when you have a break, you want to do it as soon as possible because like he mentioned, it's amazing how many, how many different activities are occurring on farms in a two to three week period of time. And then when you get into a situation like right now where there's harvest going on and, and manure management activities going on, there's even more people on and off the farm. And to get all of the information on that takes a lot of time and effort. But it's been really enlightening to me on the risks that we had during certain time periods like manure management or, or manure application time like we're in right now this season. That's a good summary, Tara, and, and I think I had a couple other things that I want to emphasize that when we do these investigations, uh, it, it's important to, to know the etiology at that point, right? So if we're going to go out and do an investigation of a, of a PERS outbreak, you know, we, we don't want to find out that we've spent all that time and then later discover that it really wasn't PERS at all. And so it is important to, to determine the etiology. Tara also mentioned kind of trying to time when the infection might have occurred or the introduction of the virus might have occurred. That's also very important. And again, just as Dr. Donovan uh, described, you know, we're going to look at all those activities, all those events that occurred, uh, and we're hoping uh, that we cover the, the uh, in that period of time when the actual virus introduction occurred. And so we usually use first clinical signs. Once we've got diagnostic confirmation, we'll go back and try to discern when the first clinical signs were seen. And for PERS virus, that's usually sows off feed. And occasionally they didn't see any clinical signs, in which case we'll, we'll go back to the diagnostics. Uh, but we we typically go for PERS, we'll go back four weeks and, and from that from that first clinical signs, and then we'll investigate the period four weeks uh, earlier than that or, or prior to that. PED, uh, it's a little more obvious. Uh, you got pigs that start scouring and, and dying. And so you, you don't typically have to be a very good detective to figure out when that virus uh, was introduced. But uh, but we use the same approach there. We actually only go back about 10 days for that one because we're pretty confident uh, what uh, what the incubation period is and, and then how long it takes uh, people to identify those first clinical signs. So it's very short for both of those. The other thing I, I, I want to mention then is in the, we've been talking about this in the context of investigating endemic diseases that we already have in this country like PERS virus and now PED virus. The, the real intent of the rapid response program, though, is, is to employ uh, veterinarians who are who are already familiar with this uh, approach or familiar with the forms and been trained really to use those then to go out on, on short notice to do investigations of a new transboundary disease. So if we have another occurrence of, of like PD in 2013, this is the whole reason we're, we're going through all this uh, now is to be prepared to, to go out and investigate those and try to figure out quicker than uh, than we did for PED virus, how this virus is being transmitted around the country, and hopefully slow that down so we can get a better handle or, or control the, the spread of that of the virus when we get it. That's great. I think one of the things is really beneficial about this is that we are able to use it both ways. We have people trained in case of a foreign animal disease, but we also can use it in everyday production if we need to. So I think that's one of the benefits that's been come out of this that we didn't anticipate. Do you think the program provides enough information as a herd veterinarian? You get this information back from all these different sources, your lab, then the investigator, 
all those things. Do you get enough information back to make really good decisions going forward? I think that it does a really thorough job of giving, getting you to rank kind of the, the different risks for the farm. And, you know, it's the questions uh, go into the most common things. So it spends a lot of time on the transport and replacement guilt. And, you know, those two areas are a high risk for a farm, right? Because those are actually animals coming in or transport vehicles that have had other animals in them coming to your farm, right? So we always look at those as a high risk event, but it goes into a lot of detail on people entry, which occurs very, very frequently every day, there's, um, you know, a group of people that are coming to the farm. And so each person that's coming into the farm is a is an individual risk event, but it'll go into things as as little as, you know, waterfowl in the area or on the lagoon at the time to insects to pork products to so all the little pieces that, you know, you may not spend as much time asking questions about if you're just, you know, not using a systematic process. So that's what I've liked about it is you, because the questionnaire is a set list of questions, it gives you the ability then to get to a summary at the end and rank those um, risks that you uncovered and to a high versus a medium to a low risk. And so, you know, all of the pieces of the disease investigation form are a risk, but you can sort out based on the answers to the questions and all the detail that you get, which ones look like or with good evidence are the highest risk events that occurred. And that's probably what I've really liked about it the best is it's just a systematic way to do that instead of kind of jumping to conclusions or missing it or saying, oh, well, it's got to be the transport trailer because the baker was broke down three weeks before. Well, that's probably going to end up being a very high risk event that occurred, but you might have missed something if you just jumped to that conclusion. And if you go through this process, you will find some other things that you either didn't even know were going on at the time or that could have been a risk that maybe the farm manager or the veterinarian or the team didn't appreciate as as high of a risk as it as it really is. So it gives you an opportunity for education and discussion. And that's been really valuable in a numerous amount of these that we've done. It's awareness. And yeah, I've had uh, similar experiences. I want to emphasize a couple of things that, uh, that Tara said there, the systematic part. And, and I, we take it a little bit further than that and say that it's systematic, comprehensive, and consistent. So, you know, and I agree, those, those are key. Uh, and that's the reason why we put the forms together. So kind of keep us on that track, right? Uh, make, if you stick to the form and, and, and not try to let your personal biases get in the way, I think you end up being systematic. And then the form also, we think, covers all of the events. We occasionally run into South Farms that... <laughs> have some unusual things that, uh, you know, maybe have some some events that occur that we didn't think about, like maybe they'll have a, an on-site grain bins uh, or an on-site feed mill even uh, where, you know, we typically don't see that today. And so then we have to sort of investigate uh, the activities or events that happen around that as well. But but most of the time, I think the form covers everything. And, and so again, it does force you to go through all those things and not get tied up with the things that you think ahead of time are the most important. So, so I do think that's, that's very uh, important. Uh, and then in my experience and what I think have been uh, the most valuable part of doing these, at least from, from what I've observed, is number one, it goes back to that maybe being a little too close to things. If, you, if you're you you know seeing that farm once a week or once a month, you start to see things a little bit different. I have, same thing happens to me when I write papers. I just, I miss the obvious sometimes when I'm, when I'm the one that's up to my eyeballs in writing it. And, and so again, having that third party come out at every single investigation we've ever done, I think one of the, for sure, there's at least one sort of obvious hazard that as you start to walk through that, 
the light bulbs go on and and it's you know we don't even have to point it out it just becomes obvious to the herd veterinarian uh, or even the farm manager that oh wow I, you know we just didn't think about that you know in my presentation at layman i gave several advanced uh, examples of those i call them hazard tales it's just some really interesting things that we found over the years that uh, again are kind of right under your eyes but you can miss them uh, you know if you're very close to the to the operation and so so that's that's very important and then the other i think and, and this is probably even more significant is just unearthing what you don't know, right? And, and so every single time we've done one of these, there's always a list of things at the end of where the herd veterinarian said, you know what, I need to follow up on that. I really don't know. I don't know if, uh, you know, the company that we contract to haul our calls uh, is able to haul pigs for other companies or call styles for other companies. And so, or sometimes they think they do know, uh, and then they follow up and find out that indeed they, you know, maybe they thought they, they weren't allowed to or that the agreement was exclusive uh, but they find out later that they actually were hauling for another company or repair is, is a good source of that. We often find um, where the herd veterinarian thinks that the, uh, the repair crews have one set of rules that they're supposed to follow. And it turns out the repair crew has a completely different set of rules that they think they're supposed to follow. And so uh, that's that's the two common thing. When I say common, I mean every single time we've done one of those, we, we always identify, unearth some very obvious hazards and then kind of unearth uh, those things that, you know, the herd veterinarian and the farm manager or whoever else is involved in that realize that they, you know, they need to follow up and, and learn because they don't know the situation there. Very good. Last question for both of you. Is there anything that we've missed talking about this process or uh, and the rapid response core? But also, is there anything that we need to make sure that veterinarians and producers know about this process and how we did with those? Uh, the only last thought that I had is we've had some discussion among our team that's been doing some of these outbreak investigations and you know there might be a question or a section that either doesn't pertain to us or that is all the same right so we might have the same process for how the coals are picked up from the farm to the wean pigs are picked up to the gilts are moved or transferred and and so i'm like well maybe we should just shorten the form because we always just go through those and they're the same answer for everything but I think it's important that as an industry, I would love to see more use of this and then perhaps a way to kind of collate all the information that people have learned because what's a risk on my farm or what's different from my farm is probably similar to somebody else's farm. And when they had an event that they came to that caused or what, you know, what ended up being a high risk event in their um, investigation would be something that I could learn from. So I've listened to Dr. Holtkamp give some of the scenarios of interviewing people. And one was, you know, a, a farm had a, an interview and a person that came and toured the farm and interviewed and had, you know, worked at another farm that had a disease going on. And so like, clearly, you know, we're, I'm thinking, okay, I better make sure that our uh, human resource team and our farm manager are for sure, you know, we have a process in place, but like, are we really making sure that that process is, is solid for a person to come into a farm that may have had contact with another farm? So little things like that, that I've been able to learn from his um, discussions and his experiences, hopefully the same thing. We've tried to share some of our experiences in talks like um, AASD or the layman. And I think as if people start to use it and learn like we have, we can learn from each other, but you really have to stay disciplined at it being a systematic way and not skip or change the form. That's the last thing that I had. I do think it's more important to focus on on the value. And, and again, if you're not getting value out of it, then don't even spend 10 minutes. Uh, but I think there's a lot of, I see a lot of variation then in how much people, how much time people spend on these. And, and I think at a minimum, you know, to kind of work your way through the form 
again, in a, in a comprehensive way, in, in our experience, that takes about three hours. And, and we've done them before, probably in two hours and 15 minutes, up to three hours and a half or maybe even four hours. I think I've had any take four hours, but it's, uh, you know, that's kind of what I consider, in my opinion, kind of the minimum amount of time you can invest in this. And, and, and I do think, you know, you, even out of that, you're going to get you're going to get a return on that investment and get enough information out of that. Uh, but then you can follow up on that, right? And again, it may be phone calls, uh, calling uh, again, the third party or the contractor that holds your cold sales and learning a little bit more about how they're doing things. If they're still doing things like you thought they were, those take a little extra time, right? And, and I think every uh, time we do one of these, uh, you know, there's sort of a cost benefit analysis calculation there of do I want to spend a, a, the time on doing this? And, and if you decide you don't, then that's that's fine too. I mean, it's uh, you do have to, uh, everybody's busy and we have to use our time in the best way that uh, that we can get the marginal benefit there. So, um, so I think, it, again, the nice thing about this is that it does provide flexibility, right? I do think kind of there's a minimum amount of time you need to, to plan to invest in in it. But uh, beyond that, you know, you can spend up however much time you want, as long as you're still learning enough in the process. Uh, the other thing uh, that Tara mentioned, too, was the idea of, of trying to be able to pull data together and, and from across multiple producers. And we've had that in mind as well. In the form, there are questions that have two purposes. They're closed-ended questions. Uh, most of them are yes, no. Some are, are multiple choice. Uh, but those we can database information for. And, and so we've purposely included those for both reasons, to guide us through and then also to have a set of information we can database at the end. I'm interested at this point, uh, and we will be doing this in the, over the next year, of trying to get a group together probably of veterinarians, maybe some producers who, who would be using these uh, and get their input as well. So I think that's very important if you're going to try to create an industry standard uh, where you can start collecting database to learn from from not only individual investigations, but a, you know, a conglomerate of these investigations. I think it's important that we have some sort of standard that everybody accepts uh, uh, in the industry. And so that'll be coming along, hopefully, uh, in the next year. But right now, we still have that database uh, that we can work with, and we have uh, used that a number of times, and, and I think already started to learn a few things. Very, very good information. I really appreciate it. We want to thank you for participating in our Chicago podcast and giving us very useful information for both producers and veterinarians. And we would thank you very much for participating and being a part of our podcast. Thank you for listening to Chic Talk from the Swine Health Information Center. Learn more about our organization and our mission to protect the health of the U.S. swine herd at www.swinehealth.org.